A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. This is Shelby. And this is Ashley. And we are so beyond excited to have a special guest with us this week. Please welcome Ilana Fishman to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> yes. No, we're so excited. Um, Ilana is an editor for Page Six Style at the New York Post. And also, as she puts it, a shameless Swifty. So mm-hmm. you're in good mm-hmm. company here. <laughs> But um, you actually DM'd us like the day we recorded um, The Last Great American Dynasty saying you had some thoughts you wanted to share. Oh my God, it's, I love a DM slide. I am totally not opposed despite being a writer and reporter. Like I've gotten some of my best stories by sliding into DMs. So like I have no shame, but I love the podcast. I love what you guys are doing with your folklore breakdowns. And I think I was listening to the... Uh, your breakdown of the one, which is like one of my mm. absolute favorites on the album. And I was like, mm-hmm, oh, maybe if I get in like early enough, I can do Last Great American <laughs> Dynasty. And you guys had already recorded it. But my yeah. second favorite, Ricochet, or maybe third favorite, <laughs> it all kind of moves around on my list, of course, um, of was was open. You guys hadn't done it yet. Yes. So I'm so I glad was, the stars aligned. I was really <laughs> tempted to be like, Shelby, scrap what we just recorded. Let's do one tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, no. Doing this. Yeah. You guys, though, I mean, you ladies clearly did your homework, though, because <laughs> I basically just wanted to, like, fangirl out over Rebecca Harkness, who is <laughs> the most fascinating figure. I'm, yes. I, I've been trying to track down that book about her life oh, that's right. been out of print for years Blood. yes mm-hmm. um it's really funny if you go on twitter and you search it all these people are tweeting at the author being like hey do you have an extra <laughs> copy hey can like can we just buy one of your personal copies and he keeps saying i only have one myself oh no <laughs> you would oh. think they put it back in print yeah, because yeah. there's renewed interest but all the Swifties who bought the folklore, <laughs> who made like what Taylor Swift like number one on the Billboard 200 yes. for the past two weeks, you're yep. gonna be buying that. Like, oh, totally. <laughs> Think of the sales. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It should be part well, of her merch line. When I was doing my research, ironically enough, um, for this podcast, I googled you. I looked at all your social media. I looked at some of your, um, oh your articles. Just some light and stocking. And I used yeah. oh, lots of stocking. <laughs> I actually, I think, used your article for some of my in-depth research for the <gasps> podcast. Oh, that so makes me in happy. A way, you kind of were in our podcast. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love that. That was so much fun to write. I like wrote that in an afternoon. Like <laughs> fingers flying on the keyboard. People were like when is this going to be ready? I'm like, I, I need every detail of this woman's insane, unbelievable <laughs> life. We could have gone on and on. Like I, cause there was so much more into her, like the, her lyrics to Rebecca Harkness. Like I remember like when we ended, I was so excited about it. And then I was looking at my notes and there was so much stuff that I missed. And I was like, no, no, but we There's do have a, so much. We do have a friend, um, Leah, who is actually making a podcast series, like a one season podcast series about Rebecca Harkness. I'm sure when she oh oh, reads, nice. the, when she listens to this, she's going to like start stalking you and reading oh, everything you wrote. I am she around. might slide into your DMs. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love a DM slide, as I said. But no, yes. she, I mean, 
her life, like, I think my favorite, it's for me, it's a toss up between the Dolly urn that she requested mm-hmm. she be, let <laughs> right. her remains be stored in, and the fact mm-hmm. that she didn't fit the her ashes didn't completely <laughs> right. fit in the urn so like mm-hmm. apparently her daughter carried the the rest of the ashes home in a grocery bag which is just <laughs> like like what Imagine someone needs to make a movie of yes. her life starring taylor swift <laughs> exactly scored by taylor i kind of feel like sofia coppola might be down for this yes uh, i can see that That'd be we need great. to like manifest this somehow i know put it into the universe like 2021 so is that your favorite song off of the album so okay so i keep saying that Everybody was at, like, as soon as folklore came out, basically people were asking, <laughs> yes. especially at work, because <laughs> everyone knows what a diehard Swifty I am, yeah. what my favorite tracks were. And because it's such a cohesive album, I have actually mm-hmm. found it. I don't know if, if you guys feel the same way. It, I found it harder to pick favorites than oh, yeah. on most Taylor albums because mm-hmm. yes. they all blend so well and sit so well together as like a body of work. But mm-hmm. I, Pretty much my, I would say my favorite, favorite, favorite is the one followed by Last Great American Dynasty and then Mm -hmm. My Tears Ricochet. However, like when I was listening to Ricochet a bunch to get ready for today, it moved up in my rankings. Like (laughs) they just keep swapping, swapping positions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very relatable. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people have that too. And I'm hoping since this is such a cohesive indie folklore record that it'll get a grammy because oh as we know her last shot at the folk folk folkish music indie record was with red and she did not get a grammy <laughs> with that which was so the random yeah. the injustice <laughs> i saw a really there was a really funny tweet i saw today mm-hmm. um by another you know swifty who said something to the effect of like I feel like we're just setting ourselves up for a repeat of oh. of the red loss because if you look, think about all of the other like <laughs> amazing albums that have been released, you know, Quarantine's been very, very good from a music perspective, if not much oh, else. But you've got like future nostalgia, after hours, they all have all these F sounds. Yeah. And I feel like oh. it could just be a random access memories. Yeah. Well, yes. It'll be virtual, so maybe the camera won't be on Taylor Swift the whole time. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be in virtual. It's in January, so who yeah. knows? But if she wins, so she has two Grammys for Album of the Year. If she wins a third, she's going to join Bank. I can't read Frank Sinatra, Stevie Wonder, and Paul Simon for other artists <laughs> who have three artists of you know album of. So she'd be the, the first, the, the first, first woman. Woman, yes. So it's, like it's exciting. I it's hope about she time. Fingers <laughs> yeah. crossed. She's gonna be the man. It's gonna. It'll yeah. just come full circle. Yep. Yeah. I mean, exactly. if there's any of her albums that deserves it, I I love folklore. It it might be my second favorite Taylor album. So what's After nineteen eighty nine, I am a I am yes. a pop Taylor stand through and through. Yes, I think nineteen eighty nine is just Deep like in my soul. Yeah, it's it's a flawless album. I mean, mm-hmm. folklore is too, but like nineteen uh, nineteen ninety nine, nineteen eighty nine <laughs> is just like there are no faults. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is just mm-hmm. so. Oh, it's just perfect. I love it too. It's the best. But I was curious. So, what was your journey to standum? How did you become such a shameless? 
Swifty. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a long story. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I first, what's crazy is I have never been super into country music. Um, mm. I've always been, like I said, more of a pop girl. And I had actually never listened to Taylor's music before. Like, I want to say it was 2011. Um, oh, wow. It was Circa Speak Now. And mm. I remember... It's ironic. My sister, my younger sister, um, who likes Taylor's music, she's nowhere near as obsessed as I am, <laughs> was the one who first played a song of hers for me, um, which was mine, the oh, first yes, song of Speak Now. <laughs> and I like, I think we were like at an art museum or something at, at the time, and she gave me her headphones. And it was like that. Gar- it was like that Garden State scene. If you guys know the movie Garden State, where Zach Braff is like, "This song will change your life," and puts the headphones on Natalie Portman. Um, the hairs on did. the back of my neck just stood up, and I remember being like, "Who wrote this song? Mm-hmm. It's yes. so good." Mm-hmm. Um, and it just—I mean—it like snowballed from there. All of Speak Now, I loved. Red was my first like album cycle where I was a full fan 1989 mm-hmm. was like it hit <laughs> full yeah, tilt <laughs> I was gone I was gone <laughs> yeah. a goner um yeah yeah and, and now and fast forward 10 years and you get a cardigan from the oh hands of Taylor Swift it's, herself I mean, I, I, so I will how did say it lead up to the cardigan though because I know that if anyone follow, follows you <laughs> on your Instagram or I, your, I think it's your Twitter account there's a picture yeah. of you and Taylor from oh Reputation. yes <laughs> so like, let's back up and I want to know how did you get noticed then because of yeah, course I'm you have a notes. card again yeah. I am taking right. notes because I'm getting too old for this stuff I just oh need my to gosh. Like, follow what everyone else does um so this is going to be really funny and it kind of reflects on how we met um so it wasn't oh. a dm slide but it was a cold email to oh, nice. Taylor's team I um you Can know, you give I worked... me that email. Because... <laughs> Slide that into Can't my DM resources. Yeah. So I, you know, I've worked in I've worked in online journalism and sort of fashion media for a little over a decade now, and um, I'm I'm an older Swifty, I guess you could say. Thirties, yeah, here. yeah. Hey, I'm in my thirties too. So hey. yeah, yeah. Thirty-year-old women. I mean, any women, like yeah. Taylor's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I can't even remember where I was working at the time, but I remember just cold emailing and being like, I just wanted to introduce myself. Like, I love writing about Taylor. I love her music. Here's some stuff that I've written. And I, I like, sent a few links. I don't even remember what the stories were that I sent. They probably (laughs) weren't my best. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was lucky enough to sort of, you know, strike up a relationship and a friendship with her team. And... When I, when the Reputation Tour uh, yes. was in its planning stages, I, of course, this was the tour. Oh my God, I miss tours. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, 2020. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Loverfest. Right. R.I.P. Lover, folklore Fest in 2022. Yeah. We can only hope. Yes. Yeah. Um, when it was announced that she was going to play two nights and then three consecutive nights in East Rutherford, New Jersey, which is the closest to New York City where I live. Um, I bought tickets for all three nights. Of course. (laughs) Okay, we should be best friends because (laughs) same, same. (laughs) So 
that the reason for that was I went to both nights of the 1989 tour and that those were my first Taylor concerts ever. Mm. Um, I missed out on red. I will f- never, ever forgive myself for not buying red tour tickets. Yeah. I don't okay. know what I was thinking. Shelby, what do, what, what do I say is my biggest regret in life? It's the red tour. Yeah. It's the red tour. I got married and that summer we just like, I just didn't think we can afford tickets. And so I was like, oh, we can't go. And then after we got married, I've been complaining about it ever since. And my husband's oh my like, God. why didn't you just tell me you wanted to go? He's like, we could have gone. I'm like, no. Because I've been telling everyone I shouldn't have gotten married because then I could go to the Taylor Swift's concert. But anyways. Regrets. If quarantine has taught us anything, I am never going to not buy concert tickets I want again. Mm -hmm. Just buy them and think about the expense later. Treat yourself 2021. Yeah, yeah, so I had missed out on Red Tour. I went to both nights of 1989. And I remember at the end of those concerts saying, if she were playing a third night, I would get tickets. It's Mm -hmm. worth it. So, of course, I did that for rep. Um, Good choice. you know, and I emailed and I said, Hey, like, I can't wait for rep tour. I'm going to be at all three nights. Like <laughs> it's going to be, I, I made a joke about it being like hashtag Taychella, <laughs> her own like music festival in New Jersey for super fans. Yes. Um, and I didn't hear anything back. I was like, you know, that's, are you kidding? Like, you know how many emails her team gets. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and went to the Friday and Saturday night shows. They were amazing. One of the nights, it was a rain show. It poured. I got to bring mm. my fiance, or at then then boyfriend, now fiance, um, to his first Taylor show, which was what a you know a big a big step <laughs> in our relationship. You're serious? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Um, and on Sunday, the the day of the final show, I woke up to an email that said. If you can get to the venue early, let me know. And yeah. <laughs> and I. You're I, like, I yes, I will be I, there at 8 a.m. Like whenever you need me. <laughs> exactly. Exa- I got the email. I remember waking up and checking my email and it was like, yeah, it was about 8 a.m. Um, I saw the email. <laughs> I screamed. Yeah. waking my fiance who thought someone was breaking into our apartment <laughs> taylor swift's breaking into my heart. oh yes yeah. Break, breaking into our, our lives and our hearts um he was like don't you ever scream like that again in the morning when i'm still asleep uh and i luckily had like you know a good eight hours to kind of pull myself together mm-hmm. before meeting her but um but yeah it was everything I would dreamed it would be and more. They say never meet your heroes, but I think if what? your hero is Taylor, what then you did you her. tell her? You, you know, you're walking in. Did you, like, what, your um, thought process, why did you say what you said? I guess. So I don't even know what you said. Here's what's really funny is before, the day of, because I knew this was going to happen, I, of course, prepped. I'm like such a perfectionist in life that I always, I just over-prepare. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, the best way to go. Um, I had prepared like all of these questions and <laughs> things I wanted to say. And I put them in a note on my iPhone, which I left outside when I went in to meet her. And oh, I mean, no. the second I hugged her, my mind went blank. I forgot everything <laughs> I had prepared. And oh, yeah. I do not, I, I, I blacked out. I don't even yeah. remember what we, we hear that a lot. We hear it, that a lot. Yeah. It was like, I remember 
there were several hugs. I remember we talked about fashion, which, you know, is kind of like, for me, kind of an interesting case in that, like, her style is as much a draw for me as her Mm, music, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, always has been. And, you know, I could, I could rank her style eras the same way I do her albums. Um, Of course. I remember her telling me about we were t- we talked about her costumes for the Raptor and how much I loved the Tide Pod dress that she wore, <laughs> the little multicolored beaded number, yes. um, and yeah, and then oh, the, <laughs> I remember also I was wearing so I have you know the Tiffany like J initial necklace that she has mm-hmm. for Joe. So I I got one for myself when I got the job at page six as like a gift to myself, but mine has an E on it. And I remember Mm. joking something to the effect of like, I have my own initial instead of my guys. I hope that's like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And she was like, oh yeah, girl, self-love, like rep yourself. Um, But yeah, it was, it was really wonderful. She was so sweet and, you know, just like. And the photo's cute. Another question that everyone's always like, what am I going to do? The pose. I see the pose. You guys are back to back with your hand, with your hands like intertwined. Yeah. Whose idea was that? Was that yours? Was that hers? So what's, (laughs) so sometimes like my friends and, and Ryan, my fiance will joke like, He'll be like, y- you're like her brunette, like evil, t- not evil twin, but like <laughs> brunette counterpart. And bangs. so it's, we're the same height. We got the bangs. And I remember saying to her, like, how funny would it be to do, you, you guys know the the Olsen twin movie, It Takes Two. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. An imp- a very imp- important, like, influential film for women of our age. Um, yes. <laughs> I remember saying, like, it would be so much fun to do a back-to-back It Takes Two pose. And she was like, yes, I love that idea. Let's do it. And then right before the flash went off, she, like, reached for my hands. Aww. <laughs> I'm, like, zooming in. Okay, that's it cute. <laughs> With her black um, chipped nail polish. I love it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Extremely rep era. Oh, a funny a, – another funny fact is that right before we went back into rep room, it poured that day. That whole weekend was kind of like – I think only one of the three shows had no rain. Mm. Um, and I just, like, remember my hair frizzing and I was like, my makeup's going to run. I put so much, like, emotional energy into yeah. <laughs> prepping for this. But it's it's – I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was a really, really, really special night. So flash forward, because I'm jealous, I have to like channel my energy somewhere else. (laughs) Flash forward, how how does it happen that you get, I mean, not that you don't deserve it, but you (laughs) out of all people, you know, are blessed with a cardigan from Taylor Swift. Like you have this relationship with her, you have this relationship with Taylor Nation. What are the, like, what happens? Like what are the steps to get that coveted folklore cardigan? That was a... That was a very special surprise. Um, definitely the highlight of my 2020, although there's mm-hmm. not not too much good yeah. that's happened in 2020 that's not Taylor yeah. It's a low bar. Um, no, I didn't know that was coming. It was – I was completely shocked. Um, I – I mean, if I could peg it to anything or point to anything that may have been a reason for it, I wrote a story um, – at the beginning of the year before, you know, pre-COVID, before COVID was a thing, um, for the post, actually. I almost entirely write, you know, fashion and beauty content since Mm -hmm. I edit Page Six Style, which is like the 
celebrity fashion and beauty vertical at page six at the post. But occasionally I'll pitch, you know, stories outside that focus to the post. And at the beginning of the year, um, it was actually after watching Miss Americana where she mm-hmm. talks about um, disordered eating in the past and body image. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had anorexia. I struggled with anorexia my, throughout my college years. And I mean, it got really bad. I almost didn't mm-hmm. graduate college because of it. And I mean, I'm, I'm 10 years out of the woods at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But I had never, you know, anywhere that I'd worked, I'd, I'd always thought about writing something about it, but it never felt like quite the right time. I didn't feel like I was far enough out of recovery. And with Miss Americana and like the revelation that someone I admire so much as an artist had struggled with this mm-hmm. and kept it a secret, right. but like was now coming coming forward about it and, and speaking about it in such a public way and, you know, how she sort of, how it's a continuing battle. It's not just something you flip the page on and it's mm-hmm. done. I felt like it was the right time to write something. So I actually wrote a, a piece for the post that ran uh, both online and in the paper about sort of my journey and how it compares to hers and what her, you know, how she speaks about it kind of made me reflect on my own experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I'm thinking maybe that was the reason why I'm hoping that she, I mean, I hope that she got a chance to read it um, and, you know, maybe that it resonated, but it really meant so much to me. So Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's I probably so it's probably the thing. I mean, probably the thing I'm proudest of ever having written. Um, and she's probably proud really of special. you too. Like it probably struck such a chord in her that she Aww. like you know bookmarked that in her mind and was like she. I like to think so. This is all yeah. again. This is all speculative. <laughs> but like, if there's any tie to it, then that would be you know. Yeah. It's how, how I she... choose to think about it. Yeah. How did they yeah. have your address? Did they send it to your work? Did they send it to your home? So it came. I had gotten like pre folklore an address request. Um, oh, okay. This was again. She, there was no album yet. I mean, right. I I don't even. I assumed it was maybe for something else or for bookkeeping reasons. I I wasn't really expecting anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, we were all you know. I was working from home. Everybody was. You know, mm. self quarantining. So I gave my home address, and that's where the cardigan came. So mm. what? Okay, what month did you get this? I'm trying to like. Do it was the day we gotta puzzle this out. It right? was the day after the album came out. I think. Oh, how awesome! That that they. Great. I mean, it's her mind prepped, works yeah. in mysterious and complex yeah. ways, yeah. and you just know there was like she had like a string map up on her wall of like. <laughs> This is going to be a string. An invisible yeah. string of, yes, yes. <laughs> Gotta too. join the club, yeah. It is, the Cardi Club, it is very yeah. cute, I have to okay. say. It's like oversized, boxy. Yep. Um, yep, it'll be like, good. I can see myself. You because, wear it you know, well, yeah. Aww. Yeah, you look super cute. Yeah. We'll probably share that when we like introduce episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the card again. Uh, but um, anyways, I mean, I'm excited to get into... Obviously, my tears ricochet, but Taylor mm. Swift managed to score another award this week when she got Album of the Year for Lover at the iHeartRadio Music yes. Awards, which I forgot were a thing, but they have I forgot Lover existed. Eras. Yeah. 
what a time to be only alive. taylor i know and her know. acceptance speech was basically like thanks for loving lover but like i've moved on like extreme <laughs> folklore you know this is not good news for lover fest like no. i forgot that you existed yeah <laughs> mp3 Right. exactly and so i mean good for her you know she's uh pointing us back to streaming those different folklore chapters um which is great i mean folklore mm-hmm. is something to be proud of so i understand why maybe talking about lover feels more out of place for her mm-hmm. and i just saw that she is tied with whitney houston for yeah. the most weeks a yes. woman artist has ever spent uh the top of the billboard chart so two queens i know I another know. great record <laughs> i couldn't remember her name last week i was like she's tied with someone infamous but i can't think of it and whitney it, oh. yes shout out to the, the bodyguard soundtrack the like right. sound yeah. of my elementary school years yes mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. i want to dance it. with somebody is like my so, go-to so karaoke gosh. so <laughs> it's all good company here and i mean um folklore itself has been no number one for six weeks which is the first album I guess in four years to do that like yeah. between any artist so do we I think mean, it can go seven weeks I, I don't know what album released this week I, I maybe one of you do one of you know but there wasn't an article I read being like can Taylor keep her number one spot with this album releasing I can't remember it next week we'll probably find out oh, but yeah, I do you think either. seven weeks you think I guess weeks? it depends on how many signed copies she keeps flooding the market. <laughs> she hasn't, so she hasn't. I've, I've been stocking record stores. I've been going to the hashtag record store folklore. Have not mm-hmm. seen anything. So who yeah. knows? Were they you know. on the site for a while? Did she put some of them online, or did I imagine yes. that yes. she put some of them, on, yeah. of them online, and then she then like that the week before she did the record stores and then the week after she was like rescinding all those record stores so i'm wondering like is she gonna rescind it again like what's gonna happen is she, are we gonna get another chapter and like <laughs> yeah, how is she gonna keep gonna seven weeks I mean, she it seems like a weeks. win-win to me like you're supporting mm-hmm, yeah. small businesses that are like in dire straits yes. right now but also boosting your numbers like mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's no downside her mind her mind yeah (laughs) that's what it all comes back to um but I've also heard some people saying that like I mean this again just spitballing that like exile might be released as a single there might be a video video. and that would be the way to you know Mm -hmm. keep the momentum I'd be all down for that I'd really really like that Um, it's one of my favorite songs. We covered it last week. I could talk yeah. about it forever. It's a good <laughs> one. Um, yes, it's such a great one. Um, so this week, you know, uh, I saw that Katy Perry, she, she just had a baby. I believe her name's Daisy. Such a cute, cute little girl. Daisy Doe. <laughs> yeah. So adorable. Very so cute she baby name. Is, she's been inspired by Taylor Swift to make a documentary after she saw – uh, Miss Americana she decided you know she like she has all this footage from like the past four years and she's like well maybe I should do the same thing so I'm really super excited to see that and see how Taylor's inspiration kind of <laughs> weaves throughout that documentary but another thing I saw because it um, relates very well to this week is I was wondering like what's Katy Perry's favorite song from folklore and ironically enough it's My Tears Ricochet Oh, well, really? Oh, yeah. I don't know why that surprises me, but that <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, I I love Katie. I totally saw a part of me in theaters maybe mm-hmm. twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but and I love all of her music, but that's that's like it's a it's a mature choice. And I hope that doesn't yeah. sound bad. Like you, I, for some reason, I would have thought maybe <laughs> like Invisible String yeah. or The One, like yeah. something boppy and poppy. Maybe, you know, just all the COVID deals. My tears ricochet. Mm-hmm. She's in her feelings. Yeah. So, <clears throat> sorry, but I'm like getting a little emotional. I'm actually just <laughs> coughing a little bit. It's okay. like my tears are ricocheting. <laughs> no, I have yeah. something in my throat. But I was really surprised, just like you, that that's her favorite song off of the album. Yeah, hmm. she's like, she strikes me as more of like, a me listener than a, you know, <laughs> or you need wow. to soon you'll get better listener. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she likes dressing yeah. up in hamburgers. It could exactly. be that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we think she like knows the deeper meaning or has she like cracked the code? <gasps> I mean, she probably knows who William Bowery is. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. You maybe, guys, she, maybe she wrote it. You think it's Harry Styles, right? That's your theory? That's me, yeah. I guess that's the hill I'm dying on. <laughs> oh, it's not on. a shared theory, I see. Well, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I can wrap my hand around it. Yeah. I, I wrap my head around it. I, I'm always, I don't like, I've been so fooled in the past. And I've like, <laughs> I, I've like begun like really hardcore on the theory. I'm like, yeah. this is it. This is why I've done all my research. Like we're post and post after it. And then I'm just like a boohoo the clown at the very end. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I want to like keep it open. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's this person. Everyone's so hardcore, Joe. I'm just oh, like, it's just the no obvious. Way. Yeah, it's I so think obvious. So. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, a he's not a songwriter, at least not that yes. we know of. But b, I, I mean, yes, like she wouldn't say it was him if it was him. That's true because she keeps that relationship private. But like, it just doesn't. Something about it just doesn't add up to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, who do you think I it agree. is? Okay, so my theory, I've given this a lot of thought. Okay. I feel like it doesn't make sense because I've heard like Lord's name in the mix. I Mm -hmm. feel like, and and Harry, of course, I feel like it's not one of her kind of like music peers because didn't she say at one point, and not to knock Lord, who's like an incredible songwriter in her own right, and Harry, but um, she said it's like a songwriter whose work I've always admired. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe like an older yes so mm-hmm. I think it's it's like a Bob Dylan or a Bruce Springsteen or like mm-hmm. Beatles yeah My theory it, finally coming out throwback. Paul yeah. McCartney yes I think <laughs> I think or it could be a you know a female songwriter of that yeah. you know ilk but like I feel like it would make a lot of sense for them to not release the name of someone on that level who's like been in the game even longer than Taylor right. because like she doesn't that. want to make it about that. Right. It's mm-hmm. about, do you think we'll find out then? <gasps> <That's the question. laughs> I, okay. So I'm trying to go back and think when this is what you came for came out, how long mm-hmm. of a delay was there in between us finding out that I mean, she I think was it, that I think it, it wasn't like that long. It, 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 it was like, like because this is what you came for came out right during Coachella and mm, then right. they like broke up in May and so she I think Swifties had kind of assumed it was her because of some sleuthing but she confirmed after their breakup so I think mm. it was only like a month or maybe two okay and the breakup might have played into that also yeah yeah yeah, because he had said something and like uh people people were thinking that maybe what caused him a grift was that he said he would never um oh yeah that's right (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) i mean poke that bear (laughs) yeah 
I mean, I, I really hope we find out. I mean, I I, maybe this person will factor in the video in some way mm. or like have a creative hand in it somehow. Well, I read somewhere, one of our listeners sent us, um, they said they read an Aaron Dessner quote somewhere. So I don't have the exact like receipt from mm-hmm. this article. They said that like, uh, William Bowery wrote the concept of the the song. Oh, and I, was, I thought that was very interesting, that and is. I need to find that. If, if he just wrote the concept and then like sent it to Taylor, Taylor, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to find that, and then I'll send you guys trip once I get that. I don't know. It's quite the mystery, and hopefully we'll mm-hmm. get some some answers. But I mean, the interesting thing about track five and my tears ricochet is that this is the only solo written track on. Yeah folklore and obviously it's the first one she on the album that she did with jack antonoff and she said this is the first out the first song she wrote for the album and um i just feel like that plays into how important it is plus the fact that she put it in the track five spot which she's acknowledged as sort of a you know in (laughs) an emotional line yeah yeah. and then aaron desner he said that this is his absolute favorite song on the record he thinks it's brilliant thinks it's a brilliant composition and taylor's words the way her voice sounds how the song feels are to him one of the most critical pieces it's lodged in his brain it's also Mm. very important to taylor and and jack (laughs) it's like a beacon for the record you guys wow i mean i have no doubt i tend to for whatever reason, I mean, no, I know the reason, not for whatever reason. I tend to really love her self-written songs. Like Daylight was my yes. favorite track on Lover for, you know, it just, it, from first listen, it was my favorite. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, learning that these songs came from such personal places and mean so much is, you know, that was almost the the title of Lover. Um, yeah. yeah. It's always like really fun to kind of uncover that special meaning. I know. So when you first listened to the album, like obviously um, people have decided that this song isn't maybe about a relationship or a love story, but rather about Scott Borchetta and Big Machine Records and sort of her fight over the masters. But did you guys crack that immediately? Like what was your reaction first listen? (laughs) I mean, for me, it took me a few listens. Mm -hmm. It did. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just little context clues like stolen lullabies and Mm -hmm. wishing I stayed and um what is it crossing out the good years Mm -hmm. like it just it's sort of all but that's kind of the magic of Taylor Swift though right is she even her songs that are about specific past relationships of hers they could apply to so many other situations and like I think it's deliberate that people listeners can can hear this song and say like oh this this means so much to me because i was in a, an abusive relationship mm. with an ex or you know like or anybody who's kind of like caused them pain i mean right. everybody has some of those yeah and it's interesting that like in her album liner she sort of explains a couple of the songs and this was one of them where she called it about an embittered tormentor showing up at the funeral of his fallen object of affection, mm. which is also like, seems like a little bit 
<laughs> of a dig that you're kind of like, okay, this isn't like, oh, a sad man like talks about his ex. You know, it's like, it's like right. she's like <laughs> calling him names as she's yeah. like, writing. It has to be about, about Brugetta because like she's just so like, oh, just so even how she describes <laughs> him in this one simple sentence. Yeah. It's like, oh, but I did. So I did some like dig, like I read – like they have mega th- threads for this on um, Reddit, so I was like, oh yes, because I wanted to see like what <laughs> everyone else thought. So a lot of people, you know, so many people like in the the team, um, Scott, you know, it's Scott, Scott, Scott. But there's a lot of people who were thrown out. And I know you're gonna love this, Shelby, because you love this person, <laughs> Calvin. Everyone's like, it's Calvin, 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 no, Calvin. No, 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 and they no. were like. Like, I just don't see, you know, sorry, that's my thing. I'm getting really, like, amped up, and (laughs) my arms are going everywhere. Like, it's so incestuous. Like, she's talking about love and talking about this other stuff. So people are like, it is gross. It is either about Harry or it's about Calvin. It is not about this, you know, this this relationship she had with Scott, which was so much more than just a business relationship. Like, she even said that, you know, she thought that he saw her as, like, the daughter he never had she looked up to him as like a second father like it was a 15-year relationship where they built so much together so it's not it's not about like that love that um you know like sexual desire but it's more about that like that close-knit feeling that you can have with anyone who isn't your blood Mm -hmm. and just they went through so many intimate things together uh, it's just you know yeah. like some people just can't see past those lyrics you know right like no, the this is bang. way too yeah. deep a song to be listening yeah, on exactly. calvin harris there's just yeah. no way <laughs> I, like, he so forgot pure. that he existed <laughs> like exactly. you know that's yeah, what he did. deserved and it, we've moved on <laughs> from yeah. mentioning calvin yeah i mean it's but, about her work is the most personal thing in her life i'm yeah. sure her yeah, words, she, said she and, was like devastated yeah. when she found she, she's like this was like the worst thing that had, had ever happened to her the most painful thing and when you think about all these different relationships that she had gone through with the you know boys her heart broken and she's mm-hmm. like this this cut her to the core more than anything like yeah. how could it not get a breakup song you right. know and it's so totally. fitting that it's tears ricochet because one of the songs that kind of like threw her out into like the public eye was teardrops on my guitar yes. and so it's just so parallel and so fitting that that's kind of how she wraps up their relationship you know from teardrops on my guitar to my tears ricochet it's Mm -hmm. it's perfect Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's just interesting you look at lover and kind of the the tracks that are associated with some of the scooter and scott drama tend to be the more petty Mm -hmm. sort of I don't know clap back anthems whereas this just feels so raw and personal that you're like of course she only wrote this alone of course it was the first thing that inspired her to write again of course she was sitting in quarantine like thinking about life and 2020 and what has brought her here and she writes this like pours this out and so it just seems pretty I mean obvious (laughs) I think that it has to be about more you can picture her like in her house one of her houses yes. <laughs> like you know <laughs> just trying to like socially distance and you know keep <laughs> herself busy and she just starts like jotting down lines and it turns yes. into this and then she's like wait I have more in me um yes. and it turned into an album Ooh. I I completely <laughs> buy that like she had no intention of making folklore before this year right. and it just oh, yeah, like it was just so perfect. And I also yeah. love that because, like, Reputation was the last song that she did with Big Machine Records. And it's a, that black and white album. And you have a lot of, like, the um, uh, the the 
songs that aren't capitalized like reputation wasn't capitalized and she mm-hmm. has folklore and then this is one of like the track five on this mm-hmm. this record and um in past episodes i've talked about like the similarities between the two you know because reputation was kind of like um kind of like folklore where you couldn't really take everything with like the absolute truth and like her, right. her past records so it's just it's interesting that she kind of like without this throughout the song she kind of makes nods to her past tracks too if you read a little bit more yeah. deep into it but should we get into the lyrics oh so, yeah so, yeah so let's do it. <laughs> um so i'll just read like uh verse by verse and we can break it down line cool. by line <laughs> really dig in love a line um, reading yeah Mm -hmm. especially when Shelby reads because it just sounds so like poetic when I read I'm like (laughs) we gather here we line up weeping I try too hard ladies and gentlemen (laughs) we're here today to discuss yeah exactly here we go um no okay awesome then I'll just go ahead and start um she's starts off saying we gather here we line up weeping in a sunlit room and if I'm on fire you'll be made of ashes too which I mean, I know we're two lines in and I'm already stopping, but <laughs> I it's just so feel much. like, yeah, I know it's just so, mm-hmm. it's just so brilliant. First of all, when you think about this song being about Scott Borchetta and that she's decided to play into this image of some guy showing up to a funeral. So we already know it's not a happy ending. It's not like a good story. Mm-hmm. It's not uplifting. And just the way she sings here, it's just so like, I don't know, like kind of depressed, but also like very self-aware. Like she's just so honed in on this guy and what he's going to like, what he's done to end up here. And I think um, it's interesting to think about, like you said, reputation, because I saw someone point out and I haven't been able to forget it, that this line sort of reflects the um, presentation of the end of the look what you made me do music video mm-hmm. which oh. taylor has said we still haven't gotten all the easter eggs from and oh i gosh. think when the scott Borchetta like news broke a lot of people were instantly thinking of look what you made me do where there's that scene where taylor like holds up the motorcycles aka the big machines and yep. like is like oh this is what she was hinting at the whole time and so then this line where it says we gather here we line up weeping in a sunlit room mm-hmm. uh, someone pointed out that it seems so similar to the tailors all lined up in the sunlit hangar at the end of the music video all talking and crying and like discussing how they've been canceled and they've died and they've <laughs> you know lost themselves right. which obviously Taylor didn't know at the time that Scott was going to sell her tracks to Scooter but I think there's a argument there that like she was dealing with this sense of death and rising from the grave and like what her legacy is and what people take for it and she can channel those feelings again in this song to be like okay, like I'm revisiting this from a much darker, sadder perspective. Mm -hmm. Totally. And it's possible too that like even though she didn't know this all was going to unfold the way it did at that time, you know, maybe that image popped into her head as she started kind of gathering the lines Mm -hmm. for this song and the lyrics. And um, yeah, I I love the intro. The orchestration of this song is just so beautiful. I've always kind of like, been as much about the sound as the, the lyrics for Taylor mm-hmm. and I love how the first image we get is of a funeral and the the opening chords just kind of set it's like church-like and hymnal mm-hmm. and it it's like yeah. 
perfectly reflects. You kind of like we... have the image of being in that church with like the, you know, when she sings those high notes, you kind of think of mm-hmm. like sun beaming in, like the sunlight room and like, you know, a chorus there mm-hmm. kind of just like singing, you know. It's like the end of Titanic when you go through yeah. that corridor to go back, yeah. when she goes back through the corridor and the sun's streaming yes. in, but like everyone's dead. Uh, yeah. Yes. And just this line, if I'm on fire, you'll be made of ashes too, I think is so brutal and like sad that she feels like she's been destroyed, but also she has to watch him be destroyed. And it's not necessarily in the same, you know, petty kind of like a way like, oh, like I forgot that you existed or like whatever, mm-hmm. like you're over. It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. You and can, it's sort you of can like, hear it. Yeah. It's like, like, it's also a chicken and the egg thing too, right? right? It's like who started the fire, you know, like you did, I'm, it's, you know, I'm the one burning, but like you're going down Mm with me. (laughs) I love that too. It's like you set me on fire, but you can't get away from it. Exactly. The gasoline is just leading up to your hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody's collateral damage. Yes. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, And so then she sings, even on my worst day, did I deserve, babe, all the hell you gave me? Because I loved you. I swear I loved you till my dying day. And um, I think this is interesting, too, because this is where everyone's like, wait, but she says, babe, and (laughs) she loves it. I'm like, but I just think that really speaks to how seriously she felt that relationship. Like you said, it it was decades long almost. And Mm -hmm. she was a very young, like nobody who was discovered by this other guy who's like, I'll make you great and we'll do this together. And you're like my tentpole artist. And like, that's great. And but then she's like, I like loved you even when we broke up parted ways like even when I signed with another label I was willing to believe that we could still have some relationship and then she's like I loved you till my dying day and like according to the end of this song he's the this figure is the one who like killed her their relationship Mm -hmm. her past all her music and so it was up until then that she was like I was okay with this but then you you pushed it too far like you finished Mm -hmm. it well, it's wild mm-hmm. to think back to like, remember when she announced that she was signing with a new label and yeah. Scott seemed to support her and yeah. everything seemed hunky-dory between them. And it seemed just like a Literally. very healthy exit yeah. Um, because again, he's family to her and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And well, he was happy about it because he was making this deal behind her back and he's like, <laughs> hey, you're going to leave, but I'm going to own all everything yeah, that you've ever made. Right, so exactly. good luck, you know, trying Layers. to come out from this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just that that plaintive sort of did I deserve this? Like I didn't see this coming. And I think that's sort of what she's held on to is just that level of betrayal. And mm-hmm. so then um the chorus she sings, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace and you're the hero flying around saving face. And if I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? Cursing my name, wishing I'd stayed. Look at how my tears ricochet. And this is when the part in the song where I was like, oh, damn. Like, it just builds in such a powerful and interesting and really evocative way that it's just you instantly have to, like, stop what you're doing and, like, listen to the the pain she's really owning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace is just such a perfect line. Like a feeling compelled to speak up like you could just it wasn't it she said something like the message she's getting from them is be a good girl and shut up yes. or you'll be punished mm-hmm. she's saying like i just i tried i i don't have it in myself gotta speak up mm-hmm. yeah yeah and like and of course it's funny though that, that, that how she yeah. says like she doesn't go with grace because 
I mean, out of her whole career, like she's done some petty stuff. You know, she's tweeted things that I'm like, she shouldn't tweet that. Mm-hmm. But like, she had a really thoughtful post that she put on Tumblr. So it's so interesting that like, you know, like Shelby, or you know, or like you said, Alana, like maybe she should have been a good girl and just shut up and just like ignored like what they were doing. But I still think that that post was still mature and still graceful in the Taylor Swift way. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting to think about that, you know, that one post blew up everything. Yeah. Um, and just this way of phrasing it and you get to be the hero flying around saving face. Mm-hmm. Like his blog response in his blog post oh my God, did not say Tumblr post. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's just it seems like, so petty and immature yeah. on his part. I remember talking about it and just like rolling my eyes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like everything that he said, like we we gave her all the opportunities to own right. her own stuff. Like this is not me, it's her. Like look what she made me do. It just like completely put the blame on her. And mm-hmm. it, and it was just I think there were also like like I don't know, typos in it. I just remember just <laughs> rolling my eyes. I don't know. But that's what's wild about it is that even so, I don't, I think the general public newspapers, whatever, tended to agree with Taylor and be like, wow, this is interesting. But there was still a lot of gendered microaggressions mm-hmm. aimed where Taylor was like, well, you sold it. You don't get to be sad about this. Like you walked away from this. Why are you complaining now, girl? Like sit down, be mm-hmm. quiet. And like, so it's interesting that she can pair it here like, yeah, I didn't go with Grace and you get to look like the hero right now, like who handled it well, even though you did the exact same thing I did, right. which was pull out these quote unquote receipts to try and prove your side of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have obviously this image of my tears ricochet, which I think is such a like when I first saw the title on like the folklore cover, I was like, what does that mean? Like, what is this about? Like, what are we picturing here? <laughs> Love an SAT word. Yeah. Especially from yeah. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it does speak to like what we talked about at the beginning, which is this song is about a lot more than just Taylor's feelings. It's mm-hmm. about all the collateral damage like that came from this singular choice that sort of mm-hmm. unraveled like in an, in a very complicated emotional way. And so... And that's like the image that I get from this like line, which is that I'm crying and that's the pain I expected. But what I didn't expect was all this like backlash, all these different like things that have come out of it. You, you attacking my character, you selling it to Scooter, like all these things that I wasn't expecting that just add to the pain for me. But also you're dealing with the consequences now too of your actions having these unintended consequences too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even if you just think of it more literally, just like at face value, like she could have saying, look at how my tears fall or Mm -hmm. stream or, you know, when going back to your teardrops on my guitar um, comparison, like that is an image of tears falling down and ricochet is like you are sobbing. Like it is an active verb um, and it just kind of, illustrates how torn up she is about this situation and how devastating it is. Yeah. And how like, it's kind of relating it to, and if I'm on fire, you'll be made Mm -hmm. of ashes too, because it's like, yes, like I have all this pain and I'm, and like, I'm devastated. My tears are ricocheting, but they're ricocheting to you. Like you hurt me. 
right it hurts you too like it's Mm -hmm. it's making you look bad like you know I'm going to there's nothing I do better than revenge Mm -hmm. you know she's taking back all of her her master so everything he had over her she was taking it back and it's just it's very interesting you know the the ricochet part like I'm it's Mm -hmm. everything new to me it's going to come right back to you tenfold totally yeah Mm -hmm. and then you get into the second verse which is sort of the most I don't know, damning image that this might be about Scott Borchetta and not a lover. But hmm. she says, we gather stones never knowing what they'll mean. Some to throw, some to make a diamond ring. You know, I didn't want to have to haunt you, but what a ghostly scene. You wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me. <laughs> just, um, it's just such, I think what always excites me about like breaking down a Taylor track is just the way she does these images that are so like shockingly fresh but also immediately like you know the exact emotion she's trying to get across Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of like I don't know it just takes your breath away a little bit you're like oh my gosh like this is this is like pain and and she's allowing us to kind of witness it in a really Mm -hmm. beautifully and kind of raw sort of way Mm -hmm. so what do you think those stones are you know I saw a lot of a lot of post being like trying to like like what are the stones like are they um is it money is it her you know she's taking names she's uh writing these songs like what do you mm-hmm. think that these stones that that they're gathering you know they're gonna throw at people or they're gonna make it into a diamond ring I feel like it could be a reference to her words her lyrics mm-hmm. um you know words can make a, you know, chart-topping song or, you know, an open letter about mistreatment she's suffered at the mm-hmm. hands of others. Um, weirdly, these, that couplet, I thought of a line from The Archer where she says, you know, all of my enemies started out friends. Mm-hmm. It has the same sort of idea of, And that's you another know, track five. Th- there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a through line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thought of like, it friends start as enemies enemies can become friends um Mm. all diamonds are just really rocks aren't they like the Mm -hmm. materials are the same it's what you do with them and how you use them Mm -hmm. yeah I really like that I think I hadn't thought of like some to throw meaning like not only is she writing you know diamond records but she's also writing letters to apple and changing the music industry Mm -hmm. and and that's really interesting I always thought it was more I mean it mirrors in a lot of ways sort of this album process she's talked about where she's always at the helm of the ship and she's like I want to do this I want to try this like let's do this and then Scott's always been there like oh well maybe you should call it maybe you shouldn't call your album Enchanted or are you sure you want to go full pop and it's sort of is like this give and take in this tug and pull to sort of make her Mm -hmm. career and -hmm. how that was such a uh you know a co-op operation where he was a partner in making six great albums that all ended up doing great or some of the songs got cut or whatever it was and so I think it's cool that she has this sort of image that's not exactly direct but it just feels kind of evocative of of the work she's put into to her career and how that was hand in hand with Scott for so many years. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's still some more, so much more you can pack within this verse, but, um, what you said kind of ties directly into the chorus where he says, 
um, you know, I think it was in the chorus. I'm not sure where it is, but it's later on in the song where, where he talks about how like brave you are. You know, you said yes. brave for fighting. I was going to say have, that too. Yeah. You have the apple, you know, she fought, you know, for the artist's rights. And then she has how she fought so hard to go out of, uh, you know, country into pop. And Scott was there saying, don't do it, don't do it. She's in all these things and has been such a warrior for like artist's rights, for what she wants to do. And I'm sure like- The sexual assault trial, like yes, that came to mind too. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're brave, you're brave. And now he's just, you know, complete opposite. Yeah. And just the way it sort of turns in the second part of this verse where she's like, you know, I didn't want to haunt you, but what a ghostly scene. You wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me. And Such it's a like, good image. Yes, I mean, not good, but so, strong. <laughs> so brutal. Cause it's like, yeah. I mean, it's this idea of like, what a ghostly scene, like calling him out for kind of being like you, like, yes, I made the choice to leave to a different record be, or, or to make a different deal because you weren't like respecting me I wanted to have my own masters like I was moving on but I thought you respected me enough to not like make this such a sh- callous move and selling it to this man who's really tormented me and so here she's like calling him out where she's like you used my music to get like and my name dollars. to yeah. get those 300 million to like save your yeah, face and and you destroyed me with that. And I just think, oh, man, like that is just visceral, just that pain she's feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's going to haunt him, though, because she's going to re-record her albums. And then he has no hold over her at all. She can do what she wants with those rights. Right. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, remember when she said, like, until November 2020, and that feels so <laughs> yeah. right around the corner now? I know it will be interesting after this lost year it kind of sped things up a bit yeah (laughs) well and it's like not only did he sell the masters in the first place but then they also did that thing earlier this year where they did the big machine records they like released a new live album without her consent and they did all those like big machine stamped albums on Spotify that are somehow different than her other ones and so it seems like a call out to those sort of choices too, where it's like, you can't even let me die in peace. Like you're mm-hmm. still trying mm-hmm. to profit off of what I've given you. And it's just like dirty at this point. Right. Yeah, it is. And not letting her play her own music and yes. live performances and stuff. I keep, ugh, I keep thinking about like, there were a lot of people right before the AMA is um, when she was going to do her artist of the decade performance. And they mm-hmm. were like, well, she can play her songs. If she wants to play her songs, they can't stop her. And remember the City of Lover concert that aired in, I think it was May. That was Mm -hmm. supposed to be twice as long and feature all of these old songs. We're never going to hear Red going into daylight now. I know. That was the most upsetting It was incredibly upsetting. It was like, hold on. I've seen these videos, but I wanted a Yeah. There's a lot more to this that two men (laughs) are withholding. Yes. Very upsetting. Um, And so then she sings the chorus again. I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace because when I'd fight, you used to tell me I was brave and if I'm dead to you why are you at the wake cursing my name wishing I'd stayed look at how my tears ricochet Mm -hmm. and I think that's um interesting that she's like yeah here you are you're still like cursing me but you're also wishing I'd stayed and now it's like 
you have to deal with the fact that like these things are rebounding on you in a very mm-hmm. negative way and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Do you think that if she would have stayed, he would have sold it still? That's what I'm wondering. Like, would he still have sold everything if she would have still been under Big Machine Records? Well, the contract that he sort of highlighted was that she'd earn back her master's. So I don't think it could have gone down in any similar way that it has. So he kind of, like, tried to stick it to her and be like, you know, that was his revenge. I'm going to sell it to somebody else. Right. I I mean, I find it. When he said that he offered her the chance to buy her master's, (laughs) I just have a hard time believing that he would let her walk away with the most valuable part of his company because Because then he can't sell it. And what would keep her there, though? That's what I'm wondering. It's like, I'm going to keep her here because if she owns everything, I'm afraid she's going to leave. But it like that totally ricocheted back into his face. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. hey, like you don't own it. And that made her leave. I wonder if he would have been like, yes, here you go. You own everything. You can stay. And I wonder if she would have. It, you know, right. You, you know, like if only we could know, but who knows? Yeah, it seemed like a pretty convoluted deal he was offering, and and mm-hmm. it seemed like he wasn't willing to budge. So, nope. And there just wouldn't be anything in it for him. I mean, besides right. besides money, but it's her discography is worth so much more right. than that. You know, yeah. like whatever it was, you know, exchanged for it probably yeah. wouldn't be enough. And I, yeah. I think she would have stayed. I think she would have stayed because she talks about how he's family and. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, and that's a complaint that some people love at her is like, well, what did you expect? Like, he can't just give you the masters. Like, that'd be a bad business move on his part. But then if you took the masters, then what's to keep you from staying? And it's like, yeah, it's a business move and it's very messy. But he also made it personal by like not respecting her in ways that she seemed to think he would have in either who he sold to or how she found out about it or you know kind of the gameplay there I think was Mm -hmm. upsetting I feel like I remember her saying at some point on social media that like she knew that he was eventually going to sell it and she had kind of made her peace with that Mm -hmm. but it could have gone so many different ways whether you know I mean any other buyer (laughs) Exactly. Like, That's kind of the vibe. Yeah. It, yeah. It was her worst case scenario, as she said. Yeah. Um, yeah. There had to have been a better way to go about this. Like, yeah. it really makes you wonder. Yeah. Um, and then you get into this amazing bridge where mm-hmm. she, um, it really builds and it's sort of crescendos into this feeling where she sings and I can go anywhere I want anywhere I want just not home and you can aim for my heart go for blood but you will still miss me in your bones and I still talk to you when I'm screaming at the sky and when you can't sleep at night you hear my stolen lullabies and she just this... like layers it and it's just so beautiful <laughs> I was I was watching the lover new music video today and I don't know why I think I was just like reminiscent <laughs> for lover fast and <laughs> It just kind of re- like it just hit me differently. I can go anywhere I want, anywhere I want, just not home. When you see when you go, the home that she's in, all the different mm. rooms that are represented of all of her different albums. You know, you have mm. like the different Fearless, you have Reputation, you have all these different ones, and it's just kind of like oh, it like rings so differently that music video yeah. to me now that she's like released a song. It's just. Like where does she belong? Like she, she, like everything in her body is like. 
I need, I want to go back there. That's what I know. You know, those are my routines. Those are people who I like just trusted and loved. And now it's like ripped away from her and Mm. she doesn't even own everything she's made. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, no, it has so many layers. I mean, like I can go anywhere I want, meaning maybe any other record label, obviously Mm -hmm. would love to have her, but I can't stay where I am because I'm not going to get a deal that works and that I I deserve. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, you could, you could read home as being her body of work so far, which is just like her soul. And she made all of her body of work at Big Machine Records. Mm -hmm. So it's just so like intertwined, really, really like Mm. really tight. And then you have like, and you can't sleep at night you hear my soul mullabies and this bridge is just amazing so much different punches and that she's packed mm-hmm. into this one tiny little yeah bridge into the end and just oh. the, the it, there's so much bitterness here yeah. you know it's mm-hmm. not just like you know you have like a bad blood on one hand which is a you know it's a banger don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but like <laughs> then this is just there's so much more to it there's sadness mm-hmm. and regret and remorse and like it's it just illustrates how complicated the situation is yeah. i know like how could how do people think this is a relationship with calvin it's so <laughs> I, it's, much more calvin would more not down. deserve this yeah, i calvin, mean yeah, not he even wishes this, <laughs> this was his breakup song yeah i mean plus it's just like it's so damning like like we talked about like how sad she was that she couldn't perform her songs or that she couldn't show those songs in the Paris part. And just obviously I don't fully understand the complex machinations behind who gets what to approval, but there are limitations somehow now where she either on just like her own stubbornness, she's like, I don't want to add to their value or whatever it is. She can't like, literally she's not able to give approval for her songs to be used in shows or movies or whatever and like she can't go home she can't utilize that body of work she's you know built Mm -hmm. her whole life and I think that is just like the way she starts there and then she's like and you can aim for my heart you go for blood you've taken this but you're still the one who's missing me most because Mm -hmm. like that's the best you you (laughs) won this breakup like that's you always want to be the winner of the breakup and Taylor Swift is or no matter what you know public statements you release you know you're still Mm -hmm. as upset about this if not more so than I am and just how she sings you hear my stolen lullabies where it's sort of this like faded sort of falsetto um worshipful song that sort of feels uh disconnected from the rest of the verse it's sort of floating there and it just feels like it's it's far away for her almost but he's like stuck with that like he's the one hearing that in his dreams he's the one who can't get away from the fact that you've taken everything and that means you get to keep it but like it's haunting you now and like that has to hurt in some ways doesn't mm-hmm. it almost feel like, I mean, you, like she kind of trails off at the end. You never hear the S in lullabies. Yeah. It almost sounds like her voice is being pulled away from her. Oh. Um, Which, that was the yeah. image that I got. Wow. I, yeah, it's like <laughs> very Little Mermaid Ursula with yeah. the voice. Like, <laughs> Well, she was the mermaid for like the New mm-hmm. Year Halloween or New Year's mm-hmm. uh, like, whatever dress point. up thing. So that's, yes, yeah. Easter point. egg. Uh, yeah. Ashley's I didn't even think of that. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's a team effort. You guys yeah. have to yeah. right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then um, she sort of 
sings this outro where she says, again, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace. And so the battleships will sink beneath the waves. You had to kill me, but it killed you just the same. Mm -hmm. Cursing my name, wishing I stayed. You turned into your worst fears and you're tossing out blame. Drunk on this pain, crossing out the good years and you're cursing my name. Wishing I'd stayed. Look at how my tears ricochet. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just like, oh man, she just eviscerates yep. him in this song in a way that feels so mature and earned and not at all like based on anything other than reality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love the images of the battleship sinking, just like you're going down fighting on both yes. sides and nobody mm-hmm. wins when the the fight becomes this. I know. It's so sad. <laughs> it's really sad. I know. <laughs> Like, what do you oh. think his worst fear was? Like, you turned into your worst fears. I read that as he kind of became a sellout. He partnered mm-hmm. with someone, presumably he, I mean, I could be wrong here. I know nothing about the relationship, but like partnering with someone that he was fully aware she had a troubled yeah. history with. Mm-hmm. Um, and he prioritized money over mm-hmm. his relationship with Taylor and their history together um with big machine record like an independent record like did he start this from yeah he started yeah with her yeah Mm -hmm. yeah she was like his first big artist Mm -hmm. so maybe you're right maybe it's because he's a sellout like he Mm -hmm. he went with um i forget the name of the the company or the the buyers that scott or scooter was oh yeah it was a bunch it was like three or four different ithaca ithaca holdings or something like that and so maybe that's also like that's something he didn't want to be and then he just that's what he just well and you look at their original statements like we talked about where when she first left it was very bittersweet and it was like i'll always honor my time with scott right it was just total tone change yeah and he said the same thing about her and then it's like oh wait like just kidding you just like <laughs> you had to kill me, but it killed you just the same. Like you made this move thinking like you had to because your business or your strategy or it was the best offer or whatever it was that like motivated you and you could justify. But now like we're both like, you know, tortured for it and and you will have to live with this for the rest of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, homegirl was feeling it. Like, that's just, <laughs> that is I'm what this song too. is about. Yeah. It's just like. It's a true track five. Yeah. It might be the yeah. saddest. I mean, like, all, all too well, everyone kind of holds up as, you know, her best song, one of her, you know, best lyrical works. But, like, mm-hmm. this is up there. It's just a different kind yeah. of relationship. It's like a like familial one over the most yeah. personal one that she's yeah. ever written because it is the most personal one. Yeah. You know, it struck every chord, like all the blood, sweat, and tears that she went into writing all too well. Like, you know, that was her baby, and all of her babies are being like sold out from underneath her. So, of course, like, you know, I think this is probably the person, most personal one, well written. Oh, I, I, what I really yeah. want, and it has has uh, Rob Sheffield, has he written a his ranking of Taylor Swift songs yet? I don't remember if he's updated it. Because I want to see that. Yeah. yeah. I've, seen, I've seen a lot of r- rankings from different websites, different uh, media outlets. I want to see his, and yeah. I want to know what he thinks. I know. It's surprising when some people, like, I think early on, one website I don't know Marie Claire or something released their rankings of folklore and my tears ricochet was like at the bottom and I was like I'm sorry (laughs) 
These are the same kind of people who hate on Epiphany, which is probably my fourth favorite on the whole album, and I adore it. But I love, I I mean, it's also really, I mean, Taylor has said herself that she really likes seeing these rankings because, like, everybody has such different tastes. And especially on this album, like, Mm -hmm. I, some people are like Betty stands, some people Mm. are August, you know, and then you have the one, (laughs) which (laughs) some of us still think is the best one. Um, (laughs) But yeah. I know. And I feel like this song, especially as like the track five pinnacle, it just feels like Taylor cared about it and like really wanted people to understand what she's singing, whether or not that means that they're like, oh, like I get the Scott Borchetta thing now, but rather just like that emotion of that, of that loss and that pain. And just like, however you identify with this song, I think it's like very important to her. Mm -hmm. And so it's exciting to kind of imagine I don't know what you know what's gonna come like will there be a lover fest a folklore fest I don't know but just hearing the idea of hearing this song live just makes me really excited for concerts let's just say that I can't even imagine I'm I'm really hoping I mean remember how Ariana Grande did like a combination thank you next and sweetener tour I'm I'm hoping we get something to the effect of that eventually when oh. it's safe to. It would be so weird, though. The tonal changes, it, yes. Yeah. It would be weird. I mean, I, I, whatever she she sends to me, I will take it. But I'm just like, I'm yeah. trying to like think because they're like night and day. Like yeah, she cruel is. summer into epiphany. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no, that mashup will Plot be twist, like, yeah. I don't know how I'd feel. I, I feel like yeah. I'd combust because there's so many different feelings like pulling me from different areas. I'm like, oh, right, I can't, right. I can't. laughing through the tears, yeah. dancing through the pain. So my question was, do you guys think um, – that she will follow through and re-record all her old albums. She has so much time. Why not? What else is she doing? Taylor. If she can record folklore in quarantine, I mean, like instantly put everybody else's productivity level to shame. (laughs) After this song, I think she will. Yeah. It's just going to give more credit that like, especially it's my stolen lullabies. I think she's going to. Yeah. I I still love if she doesn't. Cause and hopefully know. I'm hoping she'll she'll send out I'm new like signed really CDs. Counting on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just keep sending those CDs. Love, I would love like now Taylor to sing like Fearless and Speak mm-hmm. Now and because mm-hmm. right. I think lyrically there's so many powerful songs on there, but it's hard for me because I'm like you, Alana, where I just prefer pop Taylor and yeah, I think she's grown as an artist and I think it would just be so oh. great to hear her sing those with her new voice and and sort of powerhouse Mm -hmm. there (laughs) right her voice has strengthened so much and like it I like the idea of her re-recording and putting a new spin on them I mean as like fabulously petty as it would be for her to do a note for note (laughs) re-record I think she'd that'd be like I'm thinking financially that and marketing wise that would be the best spin for her because then she'd get more sales like part of me is like yeah like I'll listen to it but I don't think I'd get a around to listening to as fast <laughs> if there wasn't something new in there yeah and I right. need that 1989 love story you know what I mean oh my like, god I, I, I have to can have I tell that. you guys so this is like kind of going off on a tangent but I, I, um, <laughs> so I was do. supposed to get married in April and oh, we had to postpone no, because sorry. of the pandemic and oh, it's okay you I mean, and I'm, Alex Goldschmidt 
you guys oh, both it, had to postpone. There are many of us who had to postpone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so a big sorry. boat of us. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm definitely not alone in that. And, you know, it's far better to wait to party until it's right. safe to do so. But I remember, like, I was – obviously, my wedding playlist is super important to me. It's something I've spent so much time on. And trying to find a clean, like – good solid version of the 1989 love yes. story mix for <laughs> my first dance it, it's it's proven difficult but i oh love gosh. that version well, hopefully, so much hopefully she does that and then it'll come out in time for your rescheduled i would love that wedding. so so much That's that so and the we are never ever getting back together uh, yes. rock version oh. yeah my just other like favorite 1989 live i just everything about it mm so good just perfect <laughs> yeah. a perfect album well, a perfect tour right yeah. you know well you know we don't we don't want to take up too much of your time you know we are wrapping up the episode I could spend forever talking with you oh I could too um, so usually we kind of end the episode with like tea time but the last time we recorded was on like Friday and now it's Wednesday so there's not been enough time in like the new cycle to get any like fan drama or Taylor drama so just really want to quickly ask you because you know we've kind of gotten into some theories what is your favorite folklore theory or you're like the one where you're like you cringe at like what's the one that stands out your favorite it it doesn't have to be your favorite it could be like just like the I don't know you you take it you go with it I mean the William Bowery one is a big thing only because I have such like oddly strong opinions about it. And I'm so (laughs) sure that it's like I said, like a a Dylan or Springsteen or somebody of that, of that level. Um, and very strongly feel that it is not Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So every time I see people talking about that, I'm like, guys, I just, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like, something she would do i'm gonna yeah. eat my words if it comes out that it's actually <laughs> know, in, by the be, way right yeah. it's like it's dumb yeah, yeah. we um, always get burned I, by those i'm trying to think of others i mean i've seen like a lot of talk about betty about whether mm-hmm. it's a same-sex relationship or not mm-hmm. i kind of my thought on it i know people are getting like all in a tizzy about it i feel like it can be read either way i yeah. feel like it's i mean the fact that she named a boy James after a girl named James kind of like implies that you can read it either way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But she's always kind of written like that, you know, using kind of like leaving pronouns, gendered pronouns out a lot of the time so that you can Mm -hmm. kind of layer your own story over her lyrics. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think those are the two. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of other songs that have like a lot of talk around them. I know we really yeah. hit the mother load with this one. We I did. Guess. Well, <laughs> I think, did. I think the will. So I really like your your William Bowery theory. Um, you know our listeners love theories too. So if you agree with Alana, email us. Tweet us. Please do. Tweet. I haven't seen anyone else say this, so like it cannot <laughs> yeah. be just me. Yeah. So yeah. tweet Alana. Alana, where can where can everyone find you on Instagram, um, Twitter? Where can our fans find you and follow you and slide into your DMs? <laughs> oh, I love a DM slide. Um, I'm at Alana Fishman, E-L-A-N-A, Fishman, like Fishman, on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. You're lucky to have both of your handles be the same because we've just uh, been 
tortured by Twitter and had to change multiple times. So for anyone listening who's looking to find us on Twitter, we're at SwiftishPod13. And on Instagram, we're at SwiftishPodcast. So always, always welcome to slide into our DMs. As you can see, we welcome anyone who's (laughs) eager to be a part of this. And we're so grateful that you were able to join Alana. It was so fun getting to know you. And um, hopefully we've reached the point in our relationship where we can start sort of like a sisterhood of the traveling cardigan. Like if you're open (laughs) to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I love love that. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) One size fits all, you know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) but um you know thank you so much alana for joining this was great we'll we'll have you join future episodes just let us know we love you we love you (laughs) but until next time i'm ashley and i'm shelby and taylor when i can't sleep at night sometimes i listen to your stolen lullabies (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) streaming the wrong numbers yeah focus on folklore ashley (laughs) 